0: Hello everyone, Ben here. Silver Streams is still on hiatus for the time being, but we're happy to present part 2 of an episode of Labor Ghost to the Movies, hosted by Labor Heritage Foundation Executive Director Elise Bryant, and DC Labor Film Fest director Chris Garlock. Chris continues his conversation with our very own Todd Hitchcock, this time drilling down more specifically on the lineup of our ongoing virtual DC Labor Film Fest, which you can find at our website AFI.com slash silver. So please enjoy part two of Todd's appearance on Labor Goes to the Movies.
1: The Lunchroom is a terrific film from Argentina. This is more in farce allegory mode, but (laughs) it's similar to Eaton Falls in that we have uh, someone moving from the labor side of the aisle to the management side of the aisle, which, guess what, creates some frictions. No, Uh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, from from some of the co-workers that she um,
2: is now managing. That's Todd Hitchcock, director of programming at the American Film Institute's Silver Theatre and Cultural Center in Silver Spring, Maryland. On today's special edition of Labor Goes to the Movies, we've got part two of my chat with Todd. This is where he gives us his top picks of this year's DC Labor Film Fest which is happening online in the AFI's virtual screening room, where you'll already find one great film, Work Songs, available for viewing now, as well as the entire Film Fest lineup. Let's start off with the trailer for Haymarket, The Bomb, The Anarchist, The Labor Struggle, which is now screening online for free. Check the show notes for the link or go to dclabor.org and click on DC LaborFest. There will be two labor discussions with Director Adrian Pravica today, Saturday, May 1st, International Workers' Day. The first is at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with labor historians Joe McCartan from Georgetown University and Stephen Breyer from the CUNY School of Labor. The second, at 8 o'clock Pacific Time, is with labor studies professor Dana Frank. Both will include Q&A with the audience, so you'll get a chance to talk with the filmmaker and with the labor historians as well. Alright, here's the show.
0: The moment the bomb fell, according to all accounts, there was a, a brief moment of eerie calm. This massive explosion and a moment of silence which was then immediately punctuated by the sound of of screaming, moaning, and immediate gunfire. The uh, young police officer Matthias Deegan was closest to the bomb when it went off. Uh, His femoral artery was severed and he bled out in a few minutes right where, he's, right where he lay. Some of the wounded were taken to the Des Plaines streets Street uh, station, police station, and they were collected in the, the police basement and uh, left there to their own devices, eventually to be tended by the nurses and doctors who were upstairs tending to the police officer's wounds once they were done. One of the workers who was killed in the street uh, was bundled off to the police station and put up on a table in the midst of the wounded workers who were assembled there, um, perhaps as a as a warning.
2: All right, we're going to get to the films now, and. Uh I I think this is actually true. I certainly uh, have given you credit over the years, so I'm sticking with it. You you coined the term laborific, which uh, I have to tell you, uh, we all of the labor film festivals around the world use it now. You know, we ask, you know, what's a what's a laborific film? Thank you, Todd. So I want to I want to ask you. I, I have to tell you, as a, as an English major myself, I was uh, I was offended at first because laborific, like, not really a word. But you know, it's a lot. It's, a, lo- it's, it's a, a
1: neologism.
2: Thank you. <laughs> And it totally works. Like you, you know, when you use it, everybody knows what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously, all you know, films don't make the cut for our our, our festival unless they're laborific. Um, but can you give us give us sort of your picks? Obviously, people should come and see every single film. And before they do that, remind folks of how how it works with the virtual screening room. Um, uh because there's some pretty cool things um, besides the fact that you can sit in your you know, pajamas on your sofa. You know? right.
1: right. So um, uh, imagining that some of the listeners out there are very familiar with streaming things at home and, and some maybe haven't done it that often. Maybe some haven't even tried it yet. Um, it starts with going to our website, which is afi.com/silver. Uh, and from there, you'll very quickly see uh, where to click through to either the, the Labor Film Festival listings or an individual title. Um, and from there, it's, it's just a, a, a process of clicking through to, yes, I want to watch this particular film. Most films are going to be available for five dollars. We have a, a special price in, in, in place this year. Um uh, which is wonderful to make uh, to make the films more available, e- you know, easier threshold of availability. Uh, a couple films: the the first film that we're going to debut with, "Work Songs," and the and the final film that we're that we have running, uh, "The New Deal for Artists," are twelve dollars, which is our standard price, um, and that's just reflective of the fact
2: that those films are actually new releases in this moment in time. Um, but Let me anyway. Just... I just want to jump in on that because you know, I was talking to somebody else about this. I want people to understand that. So th- the money does not go to the Labor Film Festival. It goes to support AFI, the distributors, you know, th- this entire, and we're not going to get into all of the details here, but, you know, besides the fact that $5 is, is an absolutely uh, terrific uh, price, um, I think people, m- my recommendation, people, you know, this is investing in AFI. We want AFI to be around for the next 20 years of the Labor Film Festival uh, so whether it's five or twelve dollars, that 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 money is all going to the whole ecosystem that makes you possible, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Thank thank you for that. Um, and yeah, for, for after you've made your selection, it's it's just going to play through online in the way that other things that you, I, I'm imagining, have watched online will play. Uh, The main thing I want to make sure everyone's aware that whatever date is listed as as when a a film debuts, Work Songs, April 29, that's not the only day that it's available. And it's not a time beginning April 29, all the way through to the end of the film festival, June 6, anywhere in that range of dates, that's that film is available to play. So we will be rolling out additional titles every every two, three days on the schedule throughout May uh, and that's that's just the debut date that film remains available all the way through to the to the end of the festival
2: that's very cool
1: yeah all right including as you'll see you know once you once you purchase your your uh your digital ticket to view the film you'll have the option to to, to pause the film you'll have a you know a, there's a period of time for for when you don't, you don't have to start it immediately you can purchase it and then start it a, a day or two later all all that's explained on on the website um, so if you're navigating with your laptop, it'll play on your laptop, but additionally, you can either cast it to your TV. If you have, uh, for example, a Roku will allow you to do that, yeah. or you can go into Roku and go to the eventive channel. If you don't already have it installed, look it up and, and you can access it all through your television in the same way that you do, uh, any other channel that you use on Roku. So that's a key point is to know that eventive. That's with an E. Uh, that is our platform uh, that's plugged into our main AFI Silver website that
2: allows all of this uh, virtual cinema to happen. So that's, um, that's that's a good point, because frankly, I've done casting and uh, it works, but it's a little it's a little complicated if you don't actually know what you're doing like me. So that's a good tip on, on going to eventive Right. Yeah, right and within there's, that. there's
1: some other variables involved with that and buffering. So uh, including you can make the purchase on the laptop, which might be easier to do. Right, right. And then you can go separately, go oh, look cool. up eventive and, fi- and access your purchase. Um, it, it will work that way. So that's a key thing to know uh, about having have an eventive. So, you know, I'm sure there's a range of, of awareness and experience out there and preferences, but um, uh, it's not the case that you can only watch it on your, on your laptop. You can, still, you can still get it over to your big
2: TV and enjoy it there. And I think the other main point is, is just the ability to watch it, you know, what, pick a date and a time that works for you. Uh, you know, the trade-off obviously, you know, is, is that we don't get to gather together in a theater yet, hopefully soon. Uh, but the, it's a nice trade-off to be able to watch it uh, at your convenience. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap up with, with your sort of, you know, what do you, what are you most excited about uh, in this lineup this year? we, we talked a little bit uh, before we, 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 uh, we started the podcast you actually are pretty excited about the lineup this year. Uh,
1: I am. Um, You know, every, every year, I think we have a, a terrific, interesting selection of films and um, we believe in everything going out. And then some things do better than, than others in terms of attendance. That's just the nature of these things. Um, What I'm excited about this year is yes, it's a, it's a very Selection of films, but I, I like that we have a number of things that just feel really of the moment, plugging into things that people might want to engage on right now. Um, and I'll and I'll get to that in a second. I, I feel like we should talk about work songs first because that's, oh, that's yes. kicking off. Ah. Uh, that's that's kicking off. I, did today, I say April twenty nine. The other yeah, today is April twenty nine. Yeah. yeah, you you can you can see that you can see that now.
2: And you should you should I, I did absolutely. Um, we had the filmmaker on. I love him, by the way. He is a really just a cool guy. Has a very interesting Mark technique. Yeah. yeah, Mark Mark Street has a very interesting interviewing technique. Um, I I honestly, when I first started watching, I was like, really, you know, it is it is not what you'd call polished, but it it totally works somehow. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: is is it polished or is it not? Polished? I I. I think he's he's focusing more on letting his interviewee tell the story. Absolutely. So, so yeah, holding back maybe. Uh, just very perceptive, both visually and audibly to the environment around him. Um, and this whole project, it's 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 the simplest in conception. I'm going out into the street, and I'm going to out across the country, and I'm going to just talk to workers about about their experience as a worker, whatever the field is uh, you know, tell, tell me, tell me about, tell me the, the craziest cab fare you ever had, the weirdest cab fare you ever had to a cab driver in Pittsburgh, just get him, get him talking and just, and then, and then on his side, just listen to what they have to say. And when you add that all together, it's such a mosaic of people and their experience uh, in their working lives and it's kind of beautiful too. I just, all this, again, the variety of, of people and places that we see in the, in the course of the film, but his inspiration is Studs Terkel.
2: So absolutely,
1: I, I wanted to get that out there. Um, I'm sure a name very familiar to, to many of, of your listeners and uh, someone who journalistically uh, and as a writer, you know, engaged in a similar thing and was really big on oral history and interviews. And I'm, I'm going to leap from, the fact that that film has a Studs Terkel connection to our last film on the lineup, our, our finale, uh, in terms of the rollout, but it'll be available again, available for weeks and days after that. And that is, uh, the new deal for artists, which among other people interviewed includes Studs Terkel. And (sighs) nice. This is a film from, uh, I was going to say earlier. It's actually 1979. Um, and it was a documentary, uh, if, if you look it up on IMDb, it's a little confusing because you might see it's a it's a three hour film. Apparently it had a TV version that was three hours. This is the theatrical cut. So this is like a 90 minute cut. OK, OK. And, you know, that that's something actually that has happens not infrequently. Uh, it works great as a 90 minute theatrical cut. I'm motivated to seek out the the three hour version because I I enjoyed and appreciated so much of what's covered in the film that I. I kind of want the uh, the additional material as well. Sign me
2: up. Sign me up.
1: So um, okay, I'm, I'm sure there's a pretty good understanding of of the New Deal and the Works Project Administration and the fact that within that, in the Farm Security Act, uh, sorry, administration, um, a lot of artists were were hired. You know, so you you've got various WPA programs putting various people to work, but included in that. Very much so, artists, and that could be painters. It could be illustrators. It could be actors doing legit theater. It could be actors doing children's theater. Um, And that was in the third. That wasn't that long ago. When they when they made this film, that was barely fifty years ago. So, Uh So the film is able to interview a number of people who were involved with WPA programs of the time, and What was fascinating to me is that even in the late 70s, there was a sense that this not too distant history was being erased and forgotten by by the new generation and even by people who had lived through it. So there was a, a, a real sense of, we need to document this for the record that we did this as a country not that long ago. Again, this is in 1979. So here we are 40 years plus later, uh, obviously, that's that's forty years later, but you know, you notice that people are talking about New Deal and New Dealism a lot more.
2: Well, I was going to say because I mean, I listened to you know some of the Biden speech last night, and somewhat completely counterintuitively, all of a sudden, big government, um, and there's a lot of other reasons, and this is not the place to get into that. But you know, th- this film seems really, as you say, really, really relevant suddenly
1: exactly uh it's it's always been relevant but it's like this is this is the perfect time to get familiar with with uh the history of that it's narrated by orson wells orson wells himself was was involved in uh the federal theater yep. Yep. project and john houseman uh who was uh the producer on citizen kane and other wells projects the, the theatered film of of that era if you watched mink recently I on did. Netflix, I did. You saw, you know, portrayals of the young version of, of Wells and Hausman. Uh, so they're, they're very much uh, among the people we hear from here, uh, on the actor side, also Howard De Silva, uh, director, Joseph Losey, Norman Lloyd, um, uh, and a, a whole host of graphic artists and, um, I think if, if people are aware of, of buildings that went up as WPA buildings, and often there were murals and, and other artwork, uh, very famously, that were done by the artists who were hired at this time. Um, and it's, it's very much of its era. Sometimes it was more overtly uh, uh, political in terms of the depiction, sometimes not so much, uh, but there's a lot to unpack there uh, in the interviews uh, with the artists and seeing, seeing the art. Uh, one thing I, I had never heard about that there were a number of Navajo artists in New Mexico, right? Who, right. who did work. And it was some just fascinating stuff, uh, including the library in Gallup, New Mexico had at the time had a collection. I don't know if it's still there or if it's the collections now shown somewhere else. Uh, something I'd never heard of. Uh, it covers the cradle rock production, which Got in the later years when it was becoming a little bit of a political, a little bit, a lot of a political hot potato.
2: <laughs> it was,
1: <laughs> and the whole story of how the actors uh, did not shut down the production and 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 walked out and staged it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that's there's, there's a movie just about the Cradle Rock story as well, which has been in Labor Film Festival in years past, and yep. maybe yep. maybe we'll revisit it soon. So. This terrific documentary, little seen since the early '80s, and its initial, uh, you know, uh, specialized theatrical release, and uh, probably the the TV version was was on PBS at the time. Uh, newly restored uh, and and going out in an actual re-release uh, from distributor Corinth Films. And I absolutely at the top of the list, I I recommend the New Deal for Artists. I I learned so much, uh, motivated to to look into some other aspects of it as well.
2: Um, We're just about out of time, but I really want you to talk about The Whistle at Eaton Falls, which interestingly has a lot of buzz from my folks, which I was surprised at because it's it certainly is not on anybody's, you know, top 10, top 20 list of, of labor films, but It's got a really fascinating sort of backstory, and and the actors, and can you tell? I don't know if that was on your your. I mean, you're the one that pushed it, um, so obviously, you
1: know. Yeah, uh, it's um, it is absolutely uh, uh, one that I I wanted to talk about, and and I I I will and just give me two seconds. I I want to plug because it's so similar in uh, the era and the timing. um, Another documentary from. This one's from the late 80s, but very similar to New Deal for Artists in that maybe people remember it from way back as a PBS airing, but it's been little seen since. And that is Ida B. Wells, A Passion Mm -hmm. for Justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ida B. Wells, definitely uh, a name and a career as a crusading African-American journalist uh, in the Jim Crow era in the South, and and then very involved uh, as a founding member of the NAACP uh, and women's suffrage, uh, very involved in, in those struggles in the teens and 20s.
2: And, well, uh, I, I was just going to mention that there's a nice sort of synchronicity. You've got that, you've got Miss Marks, The Chambermaid, and Nasrin, which to me are all sort of thematically uh, linked in a way.
1: Oh, well, uh, sure. Um, I would say that there's a representation of, of women involved in, in organizing uh, and social justice issues in a big way. Um, uh, three very different films.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Uh, um I, I want to mention quickly the lunchroom uh before uh we get back to the whistle at Eaton Falls, because uh this is a terrific film from Argentina. This is more in farce allegory mode, but <laughs> it's similar to Eaton Falls in that we have uh someone moving from a labor from the labor side of the aisle to the management side of the aisle. Yeah, which guess what creates some frictions. No, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from, from some of the co-workers that she um, is now managing. Mm. And The Whistle Eaton Falls is, is centered on a, a similar story in a, in a uh, New Hampshire plastics plant. Um, and this is 1951, uh, an interesting, it, it went out Columbia Films, but it was an independent producer, uh, Louis de Rochemont, who did, um, well, the biggest thing he's associated with is the March of Time newsreel. Uh, series like that's what he came up but he eventually started producing uh independent features as well including uh, a couple of crime story film noir including the house on 92nd street and years later he did the animated version of animal farm if anyone out there uh recalls that they probably do and this is just it's a film from an era that like films from this era do especially when you bring in the independent production side that it's not part of columbia's main library it's, it's disappeared. Where, where has anyone seen this film in, in the last 20, 30, 40 years? It has a beautiful new restoration from Flickr Alley. And uh, for those of you who are fans of TCM out there, and I, I, I gotta imagine quite a few of you are, check out the lineup in the TCM Film Festival, which usually is an in-person event in, in, at, at Man's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. This year it's online. So everybody gets to tune in to what TCM is showcasing. Uh, I think it kicks off next week, May 6th uh, on, on the channel. If you get TCM uh, you, you can, you can watch everything. So it's feet. Th- this is the last film we plugged into the lineup this year. Cause I just found out about it. I found out about it cause it's in the TCM lineup mm-hmm. and I immediately sussed out from the description. This is up our alley for the labor film festival. Let's find out more. I contacted Flickr alley, got a screener, checked it out. We absolutely want this. Can we, can we schedule it? So the restoration is premiering at the at TCM's uh, festival online. And a few weeks later, you can see it as part of DC Labor Film Fest. The film stars Lloyd Bridges, <laughs> very, very young Lloyd Bridges. Very, uh, very young. Every inch, Lloyd Bridges, as you associate him with various film and television from his career, as the head of the union at the plastics plant, who is kind of the surprise pick to succeed to the president of, of the factory. The factory's got challenges uh, in the, this is not the the, uh, the graduate era of plastics. This is uh, a very early phase plastics, um, plastics industry, uh, in a, again, in a mill town in New Hampshire, which is actually the the, the area that Louis de Rochemont was from originally as well. So so he knows it well. Um, and uh, production's down, they got a big loan. They've just put in new machines, the new machines. Uh, they, they keep saying, one man can run two machines. Well, this this is an issue with the union contract. This movie, more, I mean, it's it would be very easy to assume. Well, Hollywood's never really done that. Hollywood's never really got engaged with the the union story. This movie is one hundred percent the union story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's contracts, it's negotiations, it's meetings, uh, and it's also factionalism because it's it's a Hollywood story. You got to have a little drama, right? So, the the baddie in the movie, the the guy who's just malingering and you know wants wants to go to the barricades not so much because he he believes in the issue so much as seems like he's just got a bad attitude and relishes a fight is played by a character actor named murray hamilton now murray hamilton i don't necessarily expect everyone recognizes the name he was the mayor in jaws he's no he's an immortal for that role uh, oh my god nearly 30 years later and you can you can see as the younger version. So if you 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 see it, it's almost like an Iago like character in this. Interesting, this film. interesting. He's, he is a lot of fun. Um, there's a young Ernest Borgnine in
2: in the movie. Uh, Look, looking very I mean, earnest, uh, Borgnine. I mean, again, same thing. I mean, you'll recognize him immediately.
1: Yes, and you know, maybe the movie starts a little old fashioned with sort of old timer na- narration at the beginning. Hang with it. You will get so involved in in the story as it goes along, and it just builds and builds to this incredible finale. And again, it's the kind of thing. It's like, well, you can't assume that nobody ever tried to tell this kind of story back in that era. It's fallen through the cracks. It's not. We're not aware of it. But this is a fascinating curio, a real window into the time of. Of, of America and how people talked about these kind of issues at the time, but also one I think that's got a lot to say to today's viewers.
2: And I, and I think that, that having, and we've always tried to do that in, in the Labor Film Festival, it's part of AFI's brief is, you know, is to bring you the, you know, you're br- as new as possible, you know, just, you know, from the, you know, right from the film festival circuit, but also always to put in some of those classic films, maybe ones that you remember that you haven't seen in a long time, but also things like this that, you know, are not on anybody's list and are these hidden gems. And I, I'm, that, that to me is very exciting and is the reason that when we wanted to do this in DC, we didn't go anywhere else. We just went to AFI and to, of course, uh, Murray, Murray Horowitz, of course, who I listen to every Sunday night now uh, on the big broadcast. Right. Uh, so Uh, but we knew that AFI was going to be our home for this.
1: Well, we're glad you did. Um, and we know, yeah, we've, over the years we've focused on newer films, but we always worked in a a classic, uh, along the way. And, you know, certainly, you know, the grapes of wrath, something like that. We'll, We'll show that again at some point. I really like this year that we have, uh, something that hasn't been seen in so long and, and deserves to be seen. Uh, I really look forward to, uh, talking about this one with audiences after we get it out there and then also those those documentaries which uh have so much to to offer for viewers right now so uh, yeah number in terms of our our classics or uh new restoration re-release titles things that have not been around and and seen much of of late and this this is absolutely the time to get them out there for people to see
2: about Todd Hedgecock, we could talk films for hours. We're going to wrap up this show. Thank you so much, not just for being with us today, which has been wonderful, but all your hard work, and of course, the uh, whole team there at AFI Sober for bringing all these great labor film uh, to us. For we're always going to have to have an asterisk, Todd. You know, for twenty asterisks, actually twenty-one years, but uh, it's been it's been wonderful, and thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thanks, Chris. That's that's all wonderful to hear. Right back at you, and uh, I hope. I hope people will will check out uh, uh, many multiple titles in in this year's Labor Film Festival lineup. All right, take care. You too. Bye.